Hello Puggies and welcome to the Pug Life Show brought to you by Pug Parties because your pug deserves to be the best dressed at the porty and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host Donna and with me are my puggy co-hosts Rosie and Kenji. This week I'm talking about Kenji, our pugtastic foster fail. Rosie and I will share with you what we've learned about Kenji so far, as well as look at what he's had to overcome so that he could become a much-loved member of our fur family. It's a puggly ever-after story that you just can't miss. But before we dive into my revelations, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. As you may be aware, Andrew and I agreed to foster a pug rescue and adoption Victoria puggy called Kenji in September last year. I've always wanted to be a foster pug mum, but with a full-time job that requires me to travel at short notice, I didn't believe I'd be able to volunteer since most foster puggies need various levels of vet care, including regular rehab, which I couldn't guarantee we would be able to support consistently, which is really important for a rescue puggy. But the universe said it was time for us to dip our paws into the fostering water and an opportunity presented itself by way of a six and a half year old male black pug called Kenji who needed a foster home whilst his forever family was found. His rehab period had finished and other than typical vet trips which we could easily support, he was as healthy as any puggy who leaves pug rescue is and all he needed was a home to run amok in with humans and fur friends who understood him. Andrew and I jumped at the chance to help out the rescue that's given us so many wonderful puggies and memories over the years. So we filled out the foster carer application and arranged drop-off day. At this point, Charles's health was stable and we made the call that if Charles had had an issue with Kenji when he first arrived, that we'd look at other options for Kenji since Charles and Rosie's well-being was our first priority. Luckily, Charles pretty much ignored Kenji when he arrived and after a few days of get-to-know-each-other snuffling and sleeping and walks together, Rosie let us know that she was okay with him and Charles basically continued to ignore him until weeks, about two weeks prior to his passing. But that's a story for another day. Now, at this point, Andrew and I were adamant that we were going to do the right thing by Kenji, be the best foster parents we could be. And when his fur family, or his forever fur family really, were found, we would say goodbye with a happy tear, noting that Kenji was off to live his best pug life with his new fur family. In our mind at the time, Kenji wasn't going to be a foster fail because we didn't think we'd be the right family for him with Charles needing more and more care with his dementia which wouldn't have been fair on Kenji, who deserved a family who could give him the attention that he should come to expect. As it was, Charles left us when we weren't expecting it, and Rosie loved Kenji so much, we felt that the universe had delivered Kenji at just the right time for Rosie. It meant that she had Kenji to help her come to terms with Charles's absence from her life, which was just beautiful. Notwithstanding Rosie's poor stamp of approval, Andrew and I really liked Kenji and his quiet, thoughtful ways. And privately, I think Andrew was too scared to find out what Princess Rosie might do if Kenji had to leave, never to return. And if I'm honest, neither did I. Although we have pug sat many puggies of different ages over the years, 
Kenji is surprisingly playful for a pug of his age and health issues. It's so inspiring to see him play with Rosie in my office and discover the house and backyard, even though he has a bad back, bad knees and not great hips either. Who would have thought that he would love playgroups so much as well? Now, Kenji's story is one that we're all too familiar with. Used for breeding until his health deteriorated so much that instead of taking him to a vet to get the care that he needed, he was left at a non-breed specific rescue's door to be dealt with. Some of Kenji's repair and recovery could have been much less invasive if his previous owners had taken him to a vet when his issues initially presented. This beautiful boy presented with significant hind leg paralysis to the point where he dragged his back legs, scuffing his paws until they bled. He had bladder and bowel incontinence due to the paralysis. He hadn't been dissexed prior to surrendering. He'd had an ear infection, dental issues, lactating patellas, arthritis, hip dysplasia, and massive anxiety-type behavioural issues. His hind leg paralysis was due to a subarachnoid diverticulum, and hopefully I pronounced that correctly, that had grown to the point that it had impacted his spine. Now, I don't know if these are hereditary, but I do know that hip dysplasia is, and no doubt offspring of Kenji's will be susceptible to the condition themselves, noting that he was used for breeding. The ethical approach to reducing the prevalence of this condition in the breed is to not breed or cease breeding once known, and it can be easily diagnosed by a vet if regular vet visits occur. I'm not sure that his previous owners would have ceased breeding him if they'd had, they did discover that he'd had it, noting how poorly he was when he was surrendered. Anyway, the wonderful team at Pug Rescue worked their magic and gave Kenji a second chance at life with over $10,000 worth of surgery and rehab. The spinal surgery was delicate and didn't guarantee that he'd walk again, but he not only walks, he uh, he has this cute little puggy waddle and he jumps up and down off the couch when I'm not lo looking, which gives me a heart attack because going the long way round to use the ramp is just not quick enough when there's someone at the door or a speck of food has landed on the floor of the kitchen. Now, Kenji also had surgery for his lactating patellas, including rehab and arthritis injections to keep him moving as freely as possible. We're continuing with arthritis supplements to try and give him as much freedom in movement for as long as possible. But when the time comes, we still have Charles's puggy buggy. So when walks become problematic, he'll still be able to get out and see the neighbourhood and rest up when it becomes too much. Kenji's also undergone a puggy nose job surgery. He's on medication to help him deal with his anxiety. And on top of all that, he receives he received countless hours of rehab, love and care from his first puggy foster carers. I'll say it again. Pug rescue foster carers are amazing people and I'm not including myself in that praise. And I think they should get more recognition than they do. After all of that, you'd think that Kenji would be a basket case and never trust a human ever again. I know that I'd be pretty weary if I was in his paws. But the Kenji that Andrew, Rosie and I have come to know and love is the product of all that hard work and money and he is the most wonderful, generous, loving, sensitive boy that a pug family could want to welcome into their grumble. 
Hey Puggies, we'll be right back after this short message. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click the link in our show notes so you can get advance notice of our next episode. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now it's time to get back to the show. So Kenji looks at you with the wisdom of a pug twice his age. He is as, as curious as a pug half his age, and he gives love like a pug who hasn't been through the things he has had with his previous owners. Kenji loves to go for walks around the neighbourhood, checking out the smells, walking up random driveways, which I'm still trying to figure out why he does that. But he looks so innocent doing it that I can only assume that it's curiosity driving the random home inspection. We try not to walk him for longer than 20 or 30 minutes because of his hips and knees, but I reckon he would walk for hours checking out the world around him if his body actually let him do it. Now, he likes to lay down next to you on the couch as opposed to on your lap, and he won't settle until he's walked the length of the couch and looked over the side of the arms of the couch to see what's on the other side. And when he does go to lie down, he kind of rolls down into the lying position, front legs first, almost like he's stretching his front paws out in front of him. And then he just kind of plonks his bum down from there. I've never seen a pug settle themselves into their sleeping position that way, but it works for him. And I'm assuming it's how he's figured out how to do it with his back, hips and knees. Interestingly, although Kenji wants to be near you and sitting on the couch next to you, he's still very hesitant sitting on my lap and he doesn't really like being picked up and cuddled for too long. Now, Winston, one of my previous black pugs, was the same, so I'm not particularly worried, but I do love picking up my puggies for a quick cuddle, so I'm hoping that he does grow to love it when he realises it's my way of showing him a little extra love. If he doesn't, then I won't get too upset about it. And I'm sure that Rosie will enjoy having that little treat all to herself. One very definite challenge for Kenji that we've recently discovered is that he's afraid of loud noises, particularly thunderstorms, which terrify him. He might be on puppy Prozac for his anxiety and it works really well for 99% of the time, but thunderstorms are still a, just a little bit too far for him. His first middle of the night sort of thunderstorm ended up with me cuddling him in my arms on the couch until the storm passed. So just giving him that, that reassurance that he was safe and he didn't need to bark or run around the house looking for cover. I think he fell asleep first and I'm hoping that as he becomes more secure with us that storms will no longer scare him like they do at the moment. Thankfully, one thing that doesn't terrify him is playgroup. Kenji loves playgroup. Oh, my pug, does he love playgroup. He was hesitant initially, as any new puggy would, and with his anxiety, I'm not sh I wasn't sure how much it would be before it was too much. Pug Rescue had advised that he was more anxious around groups of humans than pugs, but our playgroup has a lot of young, energetic puggies who do get into scraps every now and again. So I was conscious that the first few visits might be short until he got the lay of the land. Well, I think I was more worried than Kenji. 
He spent the first visit getting to know the grumble dynamic and how far he could run off before I'd call for him or go and grab him since he was still getting the hang of recognising my voice in the cacophony of other human voices and, of course, all of the excited barks of the other puggies. But within two visits, he was off running free, barking in excitement and joy like the rest of the puggies half his age. I've never been more happy for Kenji than when we're at playgroup and I see the look on his face chasing after one of the other puggies, zooming from one side of the park to the other, tapping each other on the back as if to say, let's go, or what did you stop for? And unfortunately, almost too happy to run straight into a mud puddle as though it was there just for him to splush through. One of the porrents laughed and said, that's okay, Dirt doesn't show up on black pugs as much as they do on fawns, so no one will notice that he's been cross-country. But, I mean, how could I be unhappy with him when he just looks so blissfully happy doing it? The one minor challenge I have noticed with Kenji is that he's a follower. He is not a leader. He's happy to initiate play with the other puggies at playgroup, but he wants them to run first so he can chase. This is normally not an issue except when the lead puggies decide to rumble which then means that Kenji runs headfirst into a fight that he has no idea is coming and then gets snapped at because he just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. The look on his face when he realises that he's standing in the middle of a pug rumble that he didn't start or want to be involved in is so heartbreakingly sweet. He just looks at me like, what happened, Mum? I was having fun and now they're fighting. Or what did I do, Mum? They're being mean to me. Thankfully, the rumbles don't last too long. And before you know it, they're all back zooming around the park, like having completely forgotten about the rumble from like five minutes ago. It's just so cute, though. It's just wonderful. The last thing I want to share with you about Kenji is his love of barbecue shapes or puggy crack, as my niece now refers to it as. My niece loves giving my puggies a treat when she's at my house, which is usually a yogurt drop. And she's staying with us at the moment. So we've had to initiate a treaty policy to ensure that we don't establish a treaty routine that is unsustainable when I'm not home. Uh, what she did discover accidentally was that Kenji loves barbecue shapes. She dropped an open box trying to avoid tripping over a pug. Surprise, surprise. And like a true pug, he was onto the spillage in a puggy heartbeat and has been ruined forever. Now, whenever he sees a box of barbecue shapes come out, his eyes go wide in anticipation and I can imagine that his mouth waters at the thought of tasting that barbecue shape flavour again. He gets a small piece of a shape from her and you can see the look of bliss on his face when he takes it from my niece's fingers to the point where I'm worried that I'm going to have to put him into puggy rehab to get over his barbecue shape addiction. Luckily, we don't have shapes in the house all the time, so the temptation isn't around enough to cause too many issues, or should I say withdrawals. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Andrew and I wanted to be perfect first-time foster porns, caring for Kenji until he found his forever family that he get to live his best pug life with. We just didn't realise that we would be that family and that Kenji would also end up being our first foster fail. From what I've been told by other pug porrents who have stepped up and been a foster porrent to a rescue puggy in the past, it's not unusual for this to happen 
and it's natural to fall in love with your first foster puggy and your second and your third and your fourth. So we're not really a failed foster parent slash family. We're just soft on puggies and happy to have their squishy faces in our lives. And sometimes they stay for longer than expected. So my question to you, puggies, is could you be a foster family to a rescue puggy? And do you think you could resist adopting them? We'd love to hear your thoughts over in our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life. And P.S., Andrew, Rosie, Kenji and I are welcoming another foster puggy into our home and we're hoping that we'll be a good foster family to our newest friend. So keep an eye out for updates in our Facebook group as we share what it's like being a second time rescue puggy foster family. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it'll be useful for someone else, then please leave a review. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, then let us know over at our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans, be generous with the snackies.